honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com and also brought to you by the Oddman Media Network. Here are your hosts, Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? Timberwolves explosion is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, and, well, Stitcher and Double Twist. Been a while, hasn't it? I'm your host, Paladino Joey, and it's great to be back on talking Timberwolves basketball again. Sorry it's been so long, and you can tell I'm just a little bit excited to finally get back behind the mic. Going to be a slightly different format to the show today because it's been so long and because we've kind of been in the dog days you know what I mean we've been up and down winning losing up but obviously eliminated from the playoffs but there's uh, some major pointers to get to that are positive uh some slightly negative stuff here and there too we're going to talk about Glenn Taylor and uh Steve Kaplan and Mill Newton and Sam Mitchell all that kind of stuff but of course Ricky Rubio very positive Carl Anthony Towns very positive Wiggins started poorly now I've got something to say about him as well so it's going to be mostly pointers here in the first segment rather than game reviews other than I mean there was some there were some really nice highlights ultimately in the most recent game from the Phoenix Suns and I'm not just trying to coattail the find the most recent game because oh you know that's the only one I watched no I watched all of them but it's more like it's just really cool to see Andrew Wiggins being as aggressive as he was in that one but uh it's like where do I start with here <laughs> Um, I'll start with the play of Ricky Rubio over the course of March, the month of March. In 14 games, he's up to 13.6 points a game in this month. Uh, nine assists, which is about the same. The points significantly up, but obviously the most key thing of all, 45% from the floor and about 39% from three-point range. The catch and shoot and all that good stuff. The setup, though, too, like a la John Paxson. Uh, Horace Grant to Pippen to Paxson. Boom. You know, one, two, three. Yeah. It's from the inside, outside, and then over to the other side, where <laughs> the other side of the three-point line, where you pass the guy open, and it's just a nice swing play and all that. And Rubio's been hitting those shots, and he was big. He had a big one in the Phoenix game. He hit the game-winning shot against the Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't think, yeah, no, I never did review that one. See, it's like stuff like that. Some really nice highlights. Ricky Rubio hitting the outside shot, and you know what? I kind of always saw that, and you know that's Sam Mitchell. Sam Mitchell was always about swing the freaking ball. I remember him as a veteran player on the Timberwolves saying, it's like we have ADD, just swing the freaking ball. That's what he said. I still remember that quote about circa 15 years ago and stuff. And I was already a veteran Timberwolves fan by that stage. Quite a bit veteran, because I go back to about 91. Uh, 90, 91-ish. Um, ultimately, and a little, you know, inklings in the first year, but you get the idea. Uh the month of March has been kind to Ricky Rubio, but Rubio has been kind to the Timberwolves, and this is the Ricky Rubio you hope to see, a guy who can hit from the outside, and and the inside, a 45% shooting overall, more confidence in his shot, but also better plays being made for him to make the shot. It's a combo platter. Has to work on his jump shot, and he's been working his butt off on it, and it's finally starting to pay off. And it's a wonderful thing to see. Uh, the passing has just been absolutely just unbelievable. If Andrew Wiggins wasn't fouled like 750 times, now again, credit to the uh, unbelievable aggressiveness by Andrew Wiggins, who attempted 21 free throws against the Phoenix Suns just the other day. That's crazy. And that's the sound you heard 17 times 
<laughs> over the course of the game. The coin, because they like to play that Mario coin sound. I don't know if that, that that's, a, that's Super Mario World coin. That's not uh, the old school Mario. Um, you know, well, yeah, Mario World is old school, but, you know, I go older than that. You know what I'm saying? I go to the original. But uh, <laughs> wonderful, though, overall deal, because obviously spectacular passing by Rubio that ended up not counting as an assist because the basket wasn't scored on the play. It ended up being two free throws. It's like a... It's like an unearned assist, so to speak, or, well, not unearned, an uncompleted, incompleted assist because the player wasn't able to complete the play, but it still wound up being two points, or one point if Andrew missed the free throw, which wasn't too often. That's the Andrew Wiggins we need to see, and this is the Ricky Rubio we need to see. These two guys play in this direction, Rubio hitting from the outside, nice shots, continuing to make the great passing, and, of course, just the nice setting up by the team. A la Sam Mitchell's coaching, which is improving as well. Um, he's a veteran coach and all that, but it's starting to adjust to this team. You know, it's becoming it's becoming something that's starting to work a little bit. And that's encouraging, considering where the front office is heading, possibly. We'll see. Or not heading, you know, just not changing. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Um, but I've always kind of seen Rubio as the kind of guy you set him up for threes. You don't, uh, and, and such. You don't just have him just take threes whenever. Levine kind of takes threes whenever, here and there, but at the same time, when he's set up from three-point range, which I've talked about a bajillion times, it's a beautiful thing to watch. And he's another guy who's continued to improve during the course of the season on his shooting. And that's that's more of a Sam Mitchell type of thing again. Swing the freaking ball, catch and shoot. It's just common sense stuff, which was episode number 167, which here's another bit I might as well get to right now. I loaded it on the sportsstuff.com the last episode is episode 169 and i called it fix it fix it fix it which is kind of like guys that shoot too much so they keep trying to fix their shot if they're having an off night they they overshoot you know that type of thing well i needed to fix it fix it fix it because (laughs) i put episode 169 when it was really episode 168 yeah so i kind of caught myself in that one i kind of buried myself with that this is the real episode 169 so sorry uh, 169 in Bats Lake Road, right? No, for those of us that live in Minnesota, anyway, know what that means. It's pretty pretty close to where I live, fairly close, over here in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. Um, but, again, Rubio, Wiggins, and such, really kind of taking on the role. Carl Anthony Towns averaging almost 22 points a game over the last month. Wow. Carl uh, Anthony Towns approaching that, uh, approaching that all-star level of play. Wiggins still officially leading the team in scoring at 20.7. Towns up to 18.3 a game. But it's he's consistently been getting 20 points, 27 points, 25 points, 28 points, 30 points. And Wiggins the other night in Phoenix with, uh, well, here hosting Phoenix was just absolutely spectacular. That was March 27th, by the way, against the Suns. Just in, um, just a, uh, it's the aggressive Wiggins that we've always wanted to see. Ultimately, but I'm going to get to Zach Levine first here before I get too far ahead of myself. Um, lots of pointers to talk about today, like I already mentioned. Levine up to 14.2 a game on the season, which is wonderful, obviously. But, well, as a starter in 25 games, he's been he's been averaging 19 points a game. Three-point percentage is just uh, off the charts as a starter. Are you ready? You ready? 46.2. Did I mention catch and shoot? Did I also mention, uh, well, actually, I didn't mention this, but it's his overall, how he's squaring up to shoot the ball. Like, he wasn't before, 
just the way he's squaring up his shot, it's just fantastic. And in the month of March, 19 points a game, 19.1, three-point percentage of 47.4. And and the month before that, it was 39.6. And the month before that, in January, 41.7. See, um, he can hit that outside shot. And he's got a little Clay Thompson in him, minus the defense. And we've seen that on multiple occasions, Marty Booker and such. Um, And we saw Marty Booker plague the Wolves some more in that famous game, which drew the ire of Kevin Garnett. Um, ultimately the Wolves kind of almost coughed that game up, but did I mention catch and shoot though? And again, the form of, of his shot, just, it's getting better and better and better. Very happy with Zach Levine as the starting shooting guard for this team, which also draws concerns for myself. When people talk about Buddy Hyde, 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 whatever, you know, with the (laughs) Oklahoma out there, almost said Oklahoma City Thunder, but it's Oklahoma Sooners in the final four in the NCAA uh, tournament. The thing is, you bring him in, what happens to Zach? Or does Buddy get to play? Or what happens? That's the thing. Sometimes too many prospects can F up a team. Pardon my French, my almost French. Look at the Portland Trailblazers when they had too many prospects about 10 years ago. They didn't go anywhere. Atlanta Hawks, too many prospects didn't go anywhere. It's not about a wealth of riches. It's about there's too many chefs in the kitchen and nobody improves and it's a mess. You saw a decline from Andrew Wiggins a bit, bringing in Carl Anthony Towns, not complaining about anything, but just saying it kind of took a little bit of that I'm the man thing away from Wiggins a little bit, which hurt a little. Uh, but now he's starting to kind of get it back, and Carl Anthony Towns is playing at an elite level, an all-star level, a reserve all-star level. He's not a starter yet. Someday he will be, but he's playing at reserve all-star level right now, and Wiggins is starting to get back that aggressiveness. Um, very exciting indeed. So, uh, done on Zach Levine for now. Nice overall outside shot and squaring up on his shot. It's a much better form than you saw earlier in his career. He's really starting to become a nice shooting guard in this league. But now to Andrew Wiggins, who is kind of one of the main themes of my commentary. I, I had a weird dream about two, three weeks ago, and I was going to comment about it on the show about Andrew Wiggins. And it's, I was doing Timberwolves Explosion in my dream. Isn't that strange? I was actually doing Timberwolves Explosion in my dream, and I was talking about how Wiggins, now this was at the time, by the way, not since a, I've noticed something different about him since then, ironically. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's like some telepathic thing, right? <laughs> Even though I didn't record Timberwolves Explosion, it's like he still heard it and he's responding, right? Because players always respond. It seems like when I give them the, the Johnny Flynn Memorial. But in my dream, I was talking about how Andrew Wiggins, it's like last year he was like this shining star who had this flicker, like when a star is really bright and it's really intense and it flickers like crazy. And now the flicker is just like here and there, here and there, and it's dimmer and it's not the same this year. And I, I don't know what it is. Even though his point average is up, for some strange bleeping reason, the flicker was almost gone and it, it was just not quite the same. And it's so strange. And it was ironic how, you know, that kind of makes sense. And isn't that a weird dream and all all that? And it just came out that way in my dream. And I woke up and I was thinking, that was really interesting. I never thought of it that way. How how the heck did that ever come up? (coughs) Pardon me. No cough button. I should have used it there, but my bad. Um, But since then, I've noticed something different about Andrew Wiggins. Literally about maybe a couple of days after that. Or right about the time. Andrew Wiggins, when you look at him, his poise, he looks like he's on the verge. Uh, We're talking probably next year, like during the course of the summer into next year, he is on the verge of exploding. Timberwolves explosion style, exploding. 
ne- next season. And I'm talking 25 points a game, 24, 25 a game. A absolute go-to guy. And right about that time, the article came on the Star Tribune that Andrew Wiggins is happy with his role as the go-to guy down the stretch. It's not even like he has to necessarily lead the team in field goal attempts, but he's the go-to guy late in the game. And that's the perfect role for him. He's the silent assassin, like I've always said, because he's obviously a pretty quiet guy. He has a look in his face and in his game, just the way he's approaching the game. Like, he's on the verge of exploding and becoming an unbelievable player, a perennial all-star out there as a small forward, most likely as a small... Oh, yeah, definitely as a small forward if Zach's the starting shooting guard. Zach will make a few all-star games in his career. Wiggins is going to make double-digit all-star games. Towns is going to make double-digit all-star games. Zach might make five or six, and there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe, who knows, maybe he'll end up being even better. Maybe he'll end up being way better than that, and I'm wrong. He's going to make some All-Star games, but Towns and Wiggins, I think it's double-digit time with those two guys. Andrew Wiggins is probably going to be an All-Star next year, and I think Towns most definitely will be an All-Star. But I see something in Andrew Wiggins right now that is, uh, I see it. I don't know if you guys are seeing it, but there is something in his facial expressions that's quite different. It's a different person. It's not the day's tired look. It's the, give me the damn ball, I, I got this look you might not be seeing it because it's subtle, but it's there. He's getting stronger, too. You can see his body's getting bigger. He's getting tougher. Carl Anthony Towns has gotten more muscular during the course of the year, and I think this summer, these two guys are going to explode. Honest to God. I, I've got that vibe. And Levine is only going to keep getting better with that awesome shooting form. And how can you not be happy with that? you got the athleticism of all three of them. I mean, Towns takes the ball to the basket with a vengeance. And I remember, I, I kept thinking, sometime, a la January, something's going to happen with Carl Anthony Towns where he's going to go from good, solid, you know, the good, solid rookie to, you know, I'm going to take this ball to the basket with with no regard for human life, copyright Kevin Harlan, and start dunking on people like no tomorrow. And then I saw his his the first dunk that you could really say, he had no regard for human life, and that was against the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, against Matt Barnes. A year ago, you saw it happen against Kendrick Perkins from Andrew Wiggins, and it was the beginning of something. It was, it was, it was the next step in the very young career of each player in those cases, where they became fearless players, now driving into the lane. And then for some reason, Wiggins kind of got quiet in that area, but now it's coming back again, and it's really coming back. And I think Wiggins' ultimate weapon is getting to that free throw line the way he attacks the rim. And then, well, if they're unable to follow him and he dunks on him, well, there you go. And then, of course, you have the the all-awesome and one, the old-fashioned three-pointer. And that's where Andrew Wiggins can really, really rack up the points for this team for many, many, many years to come. Yes, sir. Uh, Tyus Jones, so his promise, but mm, he's, he's up and down and such. I think he's a backup point guard in the league, without a doubt. Definitely not a starter. Uh, I heard a comparison to Troy Hudson. That's not a bad comparison. He can hit from the outside and such, as long as he doesn't get stupid like Troy Hudson. (laughs) Troy Hudson just got flat stupid, especially during the Mouseketeers year with uh, Latrell Sprewell. Always jacking up stupid shots and, well, just being an inconsistent player. No motion, no play on the on the shot. It was just just shooting the ball, which drove used to which bugged me earlier in the year with Zach Levine on occasion. But when he has that shooting motion and when they're setting him up, it's a beautiful thing to see. And Rubio and Levine have formed a beautiful chemistry in that backcourt, and I hope they're together for many years to come. Thank God for that cough button, right? <laughs> well, we're gonna continue here. 
Steve Kaplan. Steve Kaplan very likely will not ultimately be the owner of the Wolves, at least not in the foreseeable future. And that really sucks. Uh, the owner of the Grizzlies, the majority owner, promised to buy out Steve Kaplan's uh, uh, stake in the franchise worth over $100 million. And what happened? Well, the son of a bitch just kind of changed his mind and decided not to. So, Steve Kaplan, I can't imagine he had anything good to say about the guy. And so he's stuck with the Grizzlies, over a $100 million uh, uh, investment with absolutely no with absolutely no say on the franchise of the Memphis Grizzlies, where he would have come here, bought about a 30% stake or so, something like that, a pretty nice stake in the franchise, and would have had say because he's ultimately going to be the majority owner. Now, people talk about how who would buy a 30% stake in the Grizzlies from Steve Kaplan to have no say with a kind of a meddling owner with the Memphis Grizzlies, but who's to say he can't sell portions of it here and there? What's wrong with that? Maybe two or three different groups or guys or whatever. Maybe maybe five, ten million. Oh, well, you know, maybe more than that. Sorry. But maybe small amounts and then a little more here and there. Such 20 million here, 30 million to this guy, that type of thing. Who's to say he can't sell portions of it? Who's to say? But again, that's going to take a long, long, long time. And not sure where things are go, so going with that one. So here we are. Glenn Taylor is the owner of the Timberwolves, like it or not. Oh, goody. And he's, he's got a little L. Davis to him, doesn't he? All the way back to the Joe Smith scandal. Mm. Just imagine if the Joe Smith scandal never happened because Tom Gugliotta had kind of flown back to the Twin Cities, was willing to make amends and re-sign with the Timberwolves, ultimately not go to the Phoenix Suns. He was willing to come back. Oh, sorry, we already signed this uh, wink-wink to ink-ink, and we can't talk about it really with anybody because if we do, we're freaking dead. Yeah, and then, yeah. And because we're freaking dead because obviously this agent's going to sell us down the river. You know what I mean? Which he ultimately did later on. That guy being Eric Fleischer. <sighs> Glenn. Mm. Yeah, well, he's the owner of the Timberwolves still. Hmm. And uh, he went on Chad Hartman this past week. And, uh, well, Glenn uh, was talking about... Because uh, that's the Glenn Taylor voice, right? <laughs> well, uh, Milt Newton's going to stay the GM. Uh, he, will, he, he will handle the draft and free agency, and then we'll evaluate from there. Hmm. And yes, this has been talked about in local shows in the market, but it's about time I got on the air to talk about it as well. So Milt Newton, I guess, is going to stay the GM for now, with no guarantee to anything after that. Now, I'm not jumping on the Milt Newton bandwagon like, we gotta we gotta keep him, we gotta make him the president of basketball or vice president, whatever the hell you want to call it, of basketball operations. You know, promote him to the, the, the boss guy, you know, the main basketball boss of the Timberwolves. But, I mean, he's going to do the draft and free agency, but we don't know where we're going from there. I, I Okay. And ultimately, Mill Newton will decide the uh, future of Sam Mitchell, apparently. Not sure what to make of that either. So, who, who, what, where, why, when? I, I don't know. But that that's Glenn Taylor, I guess. And it kind of leaves you hanging. It really leaves you hanging. And you have multiple coaches... And potential GMs or coach and GM, you know what I mean, type of deal. You know, the package deals, la la Flip Saunders, God rest his soul, who, well, if he was still living today, we wouldn't have to worry about any of this. But unfortunately, things happened the way they did last September. It started with something else, but September is really what did it mean. Doggone it. It was such a shame. Um, but ultimately, and to think my wife was in the same hospital complex at the same time for 
Yeah, it's just hmm. for a similar for a similar thing, but luckily in her case it wasn't even cancer, so it ended up not being it. Thank God in heaven for that. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> but yeah, I just get tears in my eyes thinking about that. <laughs> just the same time, you know what I mean? Yeah, creepy man. Ah, oh, jeez, oh, I'm having difficulties talking now. Uh, but yeah, it left the wolves in a weird position, and then you're stuck with Glenn Taylor, who seems to have no sense of direction other than. Well, he'll stick with what he's comfortable with. He, he was comfortable with Flip Saunders. Well, thank God we got extremely lucky with how Flip Saunders turned out to be as a president of basketball operations. We had no real idea, but it was pretty much he's got to be better than David Kahn, and he was hella better than David Kahn, by far the best basketball boss in the history of the Minnesota Timberwolves by a, by a wide margin. One thing to be careful of, you just never know, though, Mikhail, do you remember Mikhail looked like a genius too? Do you remember Mikhail being talked about as a genius in the Star Tribune in the late 90s? Because I remember it very well. I remember the article called The Architect. The Architect, where all that was missing was a center at the stage. You had Marbury, Garnett, Gugliotta, and then you had other young pieces and, and such, but it was mostly those three. And then just another piece or two there, and boom, we're, we're in the West Finals against the Spurs and Lakers every year, and or Lakers every year. Maybe win a championship or three, you know, that type of thing. And then it all blew up, and then mistakes started happening, and blah, 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 blah. So Flip also looked like a genius early on. Who, who's to say? But ultimately, I think Flip, uh, ultimately, the direction for me is Flip most likely was going to have a much, much stronger success rate than Kevin McHale had he been able to run the franchise for 10 years, ultimately. Because Trey Burke, sorry, Hank McCoy, is... When you combine Gorgie Zheng and Shabazz Muhammad, not as good as those two guys. He's not as good as those two guys. That was a great trade. It looked questionable at the time, and it's a great trade. Gorgie Zheng is a starter in the NBA. Shabazz Muhammad, well, I might as well talk about it really quick. He's had a lousy month in March uh, compared to the others. Remember the Lemeng carousel? It's just Gorgie and, and Levine at this stage. Muhammad still could be in it, but I don't know how it's usually one of those three is going to have a big game. Well, Levine has kind of emerged as the third option on the on the team, and Gorgie's a, a, a vital piece at the starting power forward, a double-double shot-blocking type of guy, even though he's not an elite shot blocker. But Muhammad has kind of vanished the past uh, three weeks or so since I did the show. He's been very quiet. In fact, he was quiet before that as well, ultimately. Um, a tough situation for him there, ultimately. Uh but yeah, we're stuck with the uncertainty. I see I'm pouncing everywhere, and I do apologize, but that's what kind of show this is this time around. So just getting caught up in a lot, just a lot of news and a lot of things to get off my chest. So it's kind of all over the place, so do bear with me. Um, but who's going to be the uh, who's going to be the basketball boss, the coach, this, that? I don't know. And it's kind of frustrating when you have an owner, again, that's stuck with comfort zones. He's, he's obsessed with comfort zones, and he kept Kevin McHale as long as he did. And then you brought in David Kahn, who wasn't part of the country club, and he was even worse. That's funny how that turned out. And then Taylor, then conveniently, Taylor had the balls to fire the guy. Thank you, four years in, after absolute disaster of four years. And he got extremely lucky with how great Flip Saunders ended up being. But now we're back at Crossroads again. We, you got the players, you got some wonderful players, and you have another prospect coming in. Top five potential guy. We'll see where we go with that. Probably, a, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a big guy, but we'll talk more about that as we get further into the spring here. Um, but uh, ultimately, yeah, you still need somebody to run this franchise. 
going forward, including a head coach as well, to coach these young guys. You do not want one of them getting jealous or, or angry and, and, and bolting like we went through before. And that was that it kept the Wolves in mediocrity for seven bleeping years. Seven bleeping years. After 2002, I would have actually fired <laughs> the two, the head coach and the GM at the time. After 2002, I would have fired both of them. Not to say, I were, or I would have asked them to flip-flop or you're, or you're fired. Flip-flop coach and GM. I'm guessing Flip might have been willing to become the president of basketball all the way back then. Who knows, though. But <laughs> Mikhail would not have been the coach. I, I, he would have said no. I guarantee you. So I would have, he would have been fired for sure. Flip hopefully would have been willing to go into the front office and he could bring in a different coach. That's what I would have done after 2002. But, uh, you know, it's just you don't want to get stuck in mediocrity for seven, eight bleeping years. And then your star player, regardless if he can hit a big shot or not, Kevin Garnett turns into, uh, becomes 30 years old and gets you know, to a point where his patience uh, understandably had worn thin and it was time to move on in another direction. And then you go from the doldrums of mediocrity losing in the first round to the doldrums of basketball for 12 bleeping years. We, we can't do that again, can we? We can't get stuck in mediocrity and then back to the doldrums again and watch Carl Anthony Towns turning 30 years old and we're pissed off and all that and getting nowhere. Let's let's get this right this time, Glenn. And for one, possibly, hopefully, him selling the team to somebody who's uh, uh, somebody who's a better owner, whoever that is. Kevin Garnett, I'm not convinced he's a better owner, but maybe. <laughs> I'm not convinced because he's a former player who's kind of crazy and kind of caused a lot of trouble during the last lockout. He was not an integral part to getting that lockout done. He was an integral part to effing it up, you know. And look that up. Go ahead, get mad at me, all you Garnett, uh, all you Garnett Kool Aid drinkers out there. He is not. <laughs> he's not somebody I'd want negotiating anything. He, he's a troublemaker, you know. And uh, if he's changed in that area, God bless him. But I, I don't see it yet. I'd rather see him as a minority owner for the time being, and and then maybe hopefully eventually. When he calms down a little bit, he could become the full owner and maybe he'd be better at it. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So I'm kind of going all over the place. I apologize. It, we're, we're at a crossroads as a franchise, even though we have the players, but the direction, the leadership of the franchise is very much at a crossroads and we can only hope for the best there. Since the last show, I'm going to give the Lone Wolf to two players. It's going to be Carl Anthony Towns for his overall most valuable player like play of the team. And Ricky Rubio, massive improvement on his jump shot out there, continuing, and also the team itself helping Ricky Rubio and Rubio executing on the plays. See, I mean, you can set a guy up for a three, but he's still got to make it. You know, all, all that stuff. And Rubio and the team's chemistry and all that, really a nice combination there. And Rubio earning a very nice uh, Lone Wolf Memorial, uh, Lone Wolf Award, not Memorial. Johnny Flynn Memorial, it's going to go to Shabazz Muhammad. Dropped off and played dramatically and that's just all there is to it. He's not the same guy of late, so I have to give it to him, and I do apologize for that, but it is what it is. <laughs> he's going to get it. He's dropped off. He's like he's averaging about five, six points a game. Field goal percentage in the tank. Almost invisible out there. Poor shot selection. Yeah, all the above. You know, the whole shebang there. So let's wrap up a goofy, crazy information explosion, which is one of the reasons we call this Timberwolves Explosion. Uh, first segment, come back, preview a couple games, very very quickly and then we'll get to some fan interaction who's this Rubio guy hitting these shots well they swung the freaking ball didn't they that's right now the shots are going in
Hello, hello, hello. Segment number two of Timberwolves Explosion. Some previews to talk about. I guess there's four of them, but well, I'll try to keep it fairly brief so we can get to fan interaction, get a little caught up there, and then wrap it up and uh, hope for a continued healthy week for the Wolves. We head into the month of April here. Well, just about. We wrap up the month of March, a very fun, positive month of March. Wednesday, March the 30th. That's today, actually. But even though I'm not supposed to say the date, but, eh, you know, it's a Timberwolves show, so I can say the date, I suppose, right? Against the LA Clippers, a team that I don't like too much, but I guess that's just about everybody in the NBA these days. I like to rip everyone. (laughs) Blake Griffin cleared for basketball and all that good stuff. Not sure if he's going to be playing, though. Been out since December 26th, and then you have all that suspension crap. So I don't think we'll be seeing Blake Griffin in Target Center tonight. Timberwolves been struggling against the Clippers for a while. They finally ended a long, long streak. Can't believe it had been as long as it was, considering we swept them with Kevin Love back in 2010-2011, if I remember correctly. No, 11-12, when uh, Rubio's rookie year with the Wolfies. That was so much fun. Kevin Love just exploded, and the Wolves had a lot of fun that year. I believe it was 11-12. I'm getting crazy. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, it's still a long time ago. 11-12 is a long time ago. Rubio's rookie year, we swept the... Uh, Clippers and Love hit the three-pointer at the end of the game and did the come-to-me-children like celebration. Still not nearly as cocky as anything the Northern Cal guy does, so <laughs> he shall not be named. But the Wolves finally ended the losing streak to the Clippers. 108-102, a thriller in Clipperland. So much fun. February the 3rd. It's a long time ago already. But uh, here we are, the, four, the 30th. Chris Paul Prigrioni. Prigrioni. <laughs> Paul Pierce has got a Got a, a, a right ankle sprain as of March 29th, so I don't know if he's going to be playing. Maybe, maybe not. Certainly quiet. Would not be surprised if this is Paul Pierce's final season in the league, averaging about six points a game. Wesley Johnson's always a pain in the ass to deal with. Jordan, DeAndre Jordan's a huge pain in the ass to deal with. Mahmoud's been pretty nice as a starting small forward for this team, if you can believe it. And um, J.J. Redick, dangerous from the outside. Jamal Crawford, dangerous from the outside. I hope the Wolves win this game. They've been playing significantly better. Uh, the defense has been up and down. Uh, against Phoenix, it was not so good. Uh, they beat a uh, Memphis team, the Timberwolves, that is, beat a Memphis team a week or so ago, a week or two, two weeks ago already. Wow, that was really, really depleted. So it's like, yes, we won the game and all that, but there was, like, nobody there. I mean, the best player or the, the guy who attempted the most shots for the Grizzlies was Matt Barnes, which says uh, a lot. I mean... It's nice that you won. Take advantage of it. You lose that game, you really look bad. But, eh. Uh, what's the result going to be here? I, I don't know. I, it's going to be here. So I'll give the Wolves... Uh, I want to say I'm going to give the Wolves a win here. Oh, boy. Can we start a win streak against this club? Yeah, I'll give the Wolves a win here. Looking at the remaining schedule, I better give the Wolves a win. I'm going to give the Wolves a win. I think they're going to score 110 points. I think you're going to see Wiggins continue his aggressiveness. You're going to see Wiggins have a huge game against the Clippers. Uh, When Wiggins has a big game like he did against Phoenix, and he usually does have a big game against Phoenix, and he really did this time, though, last time around, I think Wiggins will continue the aggressiveness, and Rubio will have a nice double-digit assist type of game. Um... Wiggins is going to score 28-ish against the Clippers. He's going to get to the free-throw line, double-digit times, be very aggressive. The Clippers will keep it very interesting. You're going to see a 110-106 to 106 type of game. This is going to go down to the stretch. Some free-throws by Rubio or Wiggins down the stretch will, will ice it. Carl Anthony Towns will certainly score over 20, maybe 25-ish range. He'll be a huge uh, factor down the stretch, but I think Wiggins will be the main reason the Wolves win the game. Ultimately, I think DeAndre Jordan's going to frustrate Towns a little bit. 
He's aggressive. He's aggressiveness, shot blocking, good defense, all that. I hate DeAndre Jordan, but but okay, I dislike DeAndre Jordan. There we go. I'm not quite as mean, right? But uh, um, yeah, Towns is not going to be the main factor against this team, and maybe he is. If, if I'm right or wrong, whatever. Uh, Lavino Lavino eclipsed the 20 point mark. I I think that's. I, I think you're going to see a ton of scoring in this game. That's why I'm going with 110. Um, Rubio, hopefully he continues his outside shot and all that. I think he will. I've very been so impressed with him, but Wiggins will be the reason the Wolves win with his aggressiveness, getting to that free-throw line, and the Wolves will outlast the Clippers in a, in a scoring fest. It'll be similar to the Phoenix game, but not quite as open, not quite as crazy. 110-106, Minnesota wins. Then we had to, on Friday, April Fool's Day. I think the Wolves will get April fooled by the Utah Jazz in Utah. I don't, I don't know, the it's like the, the Wolves' history against Utah is all over the place. Uh, the Wolves are 1-2 and two against the Jazz this year. Wrap up the season series in Utah. I think the Jazz win the series three games to one. Minnesota opened the season series way back, well, not way back, but back on December 30th, Wolves win 94-90. That was a fun game. And then Utah, since then, has been very strong against the Wolves, unfortunately. And I think the Jazz will wrap up the series in another low-scoring effort. Um... The Wolves will eclipse the 90-point mark. I think the Wolves score 95 points in the game. Uh, Levine is the guy that always plays well against this club. Always. Levine always shows up against the uh, the uh, Utah Jazz. I think he'll be the leading scorer in the game. You might see a 25-point effort. Wolves score 95, but Utah will wind up with 98-ish. It's going to be frustrating. I'll say 100. I think the Jazz will score 100 in the game. Uh, Gordon Hayward's always a pain in the butt. Uh, all, all these guys... He's a pain in the butt. Gobert is a fantastic player. Hopefully Towns can posterize him, or actually Wiggins can posterize him. I think Wiggins will have a big game as well, but Levine usually is the best player against the Jazz most of the time, but Wiggins will probably have another highlight dunk or so in the game. He'll get to the free throw line significantly, but won't be quite as dominant as he was against the Clippers, and that'll be one of the differences in the game. Towns will continue his consistent 20-ish points a game, double-double performance. Not very difficult to predict that, but the Utah Jazz will win 105-95 in Salt Lake City, one of the beautiful towns in the United States. Sunday, 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 April the 3rd, Dallas Mavericks come to Target Center. Mavericks come to Target Center. They're 36 and 38. I don't know what happened to them. They've really dropped off a bit. Uh, the Wolves have not beat this team this year. I, I don't really know why. I mean, they're not that good, and they were better earlier in the year. Now you got some injuries popping up. You get Evans out with a uh, right shoulder injury. That's never good. Chandler Parsons, sore right knee, March 18th. Hmm. Well, if Chandler Parsons is healthy, Wolves lose. If Parsons is out, I think the Wolves can win. That's the uh, that's the question here. Is he healthy? Because Carson's always torches the Wolves for doing what they did. They ended up trading him. Thank you, David Kahn. One of the bajillion tentacles of the octopus of awfulness. The awful octopus of the 2010-2011 uh, drafts. Unbelievable what David Kahn did during those two drafts. I mean, we're talking sick, sick stuff. Just sick. Unbelievable. You can't even fathom what he did, especially in 2011. Dare we go into it again? There's the bag over there. The bag with all the money. The money's gone. and went to Kurt Rambis in the bio, but the bag is still over there. The, the, imagine, the, ma- the magic bag, the magic money bag in the trade down for cash, trade down for cash, trade down for cash, trade down for cash. Yeah, I don't even want to keep going into that. There's about 7 billion tentacles to it. You could go, it could go on forever, and it's unbelievable. Every time I look at that name, Chandler Parsons, oh. and then you think about uh, <laughs> Chase Budinger, you know, versus Chandler Parsons. Mm. 
Ugh, yeah. I got to stop it. I, I really do. I, I know we're all sick of talking about David Kahn. Time to move on. Time to move on. We got all these nice players. Thank you very much, Flip, and God bless you. I think the Wolves, you know, I'm going to bet. I'm just going to have to bet here. Chandler Parsons is out, and the Wolves win the game. The Wolves will win a, uh, a fun little game. It'll be a fun, it'll be a nice way to wrap up the season series with the Mavericks. The Wolves will have their second win in this four game stretch. That'll be cool. Uh, I think the Wolves will wind up with 103 in the Dallas Mavericks with 97. 103-97 Minnesota will be the victors in this one to the victor of the spoils. Uh, that Dallas game on February 28th was garbage. And I think the Wolves, that's one of the motivations here. The Wolves will make up for it, hopefully. 128-101. to It was a sickening, stupid game. And, of course, Chandler Parsons had his 29 points. And he always has high-scoring games like that. Wiggins was bad. Deng was bad. Blah, 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 blah. Carl was... Carl was benched. Uh, he was playing very well, and he was benched. I think Carl will be the best player against the Mavericks. I think he'll take advantage of a team that, uh, you know, they have a decent big man. Pachulia has been a rebounding machine, which I don't know where that came from, but good job, Zaza Pachulia. It took you 10 years to do it, but you're doing it now. Dirk Nowitzki will have his usual 20-25, to 25, one of the most legendary scorers in the history of basketball, in Dirk Nowitzki. Unbelievable for him. Um, Ultimately, though, I think the Wolves will win the game if Chandler Parsons is out. If the if if he's in, the Wolves lose, and Chandler gets his twenty five ish, and the Wolves end up losing one ten to one hundred five, something like that. But ultimately, I'm going to go with one hundred three ninety seven. Minnesota wins the game. Carl Anthony Towns scores twenty eight points in the game, and Ricky Rubio will continue a nice shooting effort. I think he'll have fifteen ish in the game. I think he'll score against those point guards of Dallas. J.J. Barea will be the little pain in the butt he always is. Wesley Matthews is a Wolves killer. He'll get 20-plus in the game, particularly if Chandler Parsons is not available in said tilt. That was kind of fun to say, but (laughs) Wesley Matthews is definitely a Wolves killer over the course of time. (laughs) Now we wrap up the segment here. Tuesday, April the 5th, the Golden State... Okay, the the Northern Cal team, 67-7 and at this stage. The Northern Cal team, the Golden State Northern Cal team with uh, uh, that guy, you know, the dancing douchebag. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, you know, have I mentioned my opinions on this team and and the dancing douchebag? You know, yeah, that's about where I stand on it. Nice performance by the Wolves, March 21st, just a couple, you know, not that long ago. It was a very, very nice performance, but of course the Wolves could not finish the bleeping job, and it made me sick and pissed off. I don't think the Wolves are going to win in uh, Oracle Arena. I, I just don't think so. That stock, that stock Oracle, you know, the stock, how it kept rising. All the, the Warriors there, I said their name, stock has risen over the course of time. And it's at its peak right now. And hopefully it's going to die off soon. I, I don't think this is going to last forever. And it can't last forever because nothing lasts forever. Nothing. I don't think the Warriors are on the verge of a six six championship run here. I don't think so. I don't think so. I hope they don't get a three-peat. But the odds of them getting two out of... Getting two out of this is extremely high, either back-to-back or they get upset this year and come back and win it next year. Two or three, very possible, but six, I just don't see it. I don't think the, these guys are going to maintain this energy level over the course of that type of, over the course of that amount of time. Age is going to catch up to them earlier than, sooner than later. You can't be that quick forever. And, you know, the ankle history of, of, of Northern Cal guy, the, the double D dancing, yeah, uh, d- double DB. <laughs> the guy. Okay, I know I'm pissing people off, but I don't care. I'm doing a radio show. I'm not here to be your friend right now. I could be your friend uh, when I'm off the mic. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. Can we have fun a little bit? Can we? I don't have to like everybody. You don't have to like everybody either, right? 
But uh, where am I even going with this? There was no way the Wolves win the game, but there's also no way the Warriors sustain this over a six-year period, especially with the ankle history of Steph Curry. Oh, my God, I said his name, right? And, of course, you know, I mean, there's just no way it's going to sustain that long. I think the Warriors win two or three championships and most likely will win this year, but maybe the Spurs will have something to say about it. There's a nice, strong possibility the Spurs could knock him off, but not yet. And look at me getting into the Warriors right now when it's not even playoff time yet. Uh, We'll talk about that later, ultimately. Wolves aren't going to win the game in Oracle Arena. And we're not going to end the 57,000 game, okay, 54 game, well, whatever it'll be at the time. It'll probably be more. We're not going to end the home winning streak of the Warriors. It's just, it's not going to happen. I really want it to happen. That'd be the coolest thing ever. Somebody's going to end it and it's going to hurt for that Warriors team. It's going to hurt. Somebody's going to end it and it's going to be in a big playoff game and it's going to cost the Warriors. I have a feeling, but we'll see. Uh, it's not going to be us though right now. Warriors win one, tw- one, 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 uh, 118. Okay, 120 to 110. It'll be a fun game. You'll see Wiggins score a lot. I think I think Wiggins will have a really nice game against this club. I think Levine is going to have a big game. Levine always plays well over in California. Always. Levine and Wiggins will be leading the way in this one. And forgive the name, Colin. I apologize. I know. You're going to hate me for this forever. Rubio had an 11th assist game just a week ago. That was nice, but the six turnovers was a big mess. And Curry was terrible, really, in the game for his standards. For his standards, he was terrible. Draymond Green is the most dangerous guy on that freaking team, I think, ultimately. Actually, I mean, he's so deadly, even though the the Warriors' Splash Brothers were Crash Brothers in the game. Draymond Green and others just took advantage uh, of the Wolves' uh, lack of physicality and got the job done, and I think it'll be, I think the scoring will be a little better from the outside, unfortunately, from the Splash Brothers in the game. 120-110, the Warriors defeat the Wolves. End of segment, we'll be back for Fan Interaction. Back here for segment number three, final segment, fan interaction for Timberwolves Explosion. For Facebook, get there, the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion, all one word, facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. And for Twitter, it's at Wolves Explosion, because Timberwolves Explosion doesn't fit. Joseph Phillips out of Australia responding where we left off, you know, where I always say the episode number and all that, but I put 169, which is just not 169. This is 169, you know? We're, we're heading north on 169 into Brooklyn Park right now, you know? That that type of... Okay, I'm just... <laughs> again, that's how you have to live in the Twin Cities to really know what that is. Over in Australia, they're like, why are you giving out highway names? You, you, you flog, right? <laughs> Joseph Phillips out of Australia says, trap. Trap of any young player, but he will learn. Zach has come very far. Yep, and that's then the fix it, fix it, fix it thing. Uh, Zach has come very far in just one year. Hopefully he continues that trajectory next year. I think Wiggins has to be more like Zach. Put up with it till the end of the year and then prosper. Yeah, I mean, being more aggressive and such. See, Wiggins, okay, he he hit some shots from the outside against the Phoenix Suns, and it's a beautiful thing. And yeah, okay, keep catching and shooting and being aggressive from three. Yeah, he, he can keep doing that because those were nice catch and shoot plays again where this Sam Mitchell offense is starting to look like an offense now. It doesn't look like horse bleep, like, what the hell do I do? Oh, shoot, 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 shoot! Ah! 
God, get back on defense. Come on. Defense, defense, you know. And that was annoying as hell. That was really annoying. Like the Wolves game I was at against Memphis. I was so pissed. And then all of a sudden things got better after the igniter. Carl Anthony Towns did what he did and he ignited everything with the best dunk of the season until some other ones came around. But I still think that was the igniting dunk of the entire season for Carl Anthony Towns. Got him going in another direction there. Um, Yes, keep it up. Keep working on the shots. And yes, Wiggins being aggressive from three, but also I think Wiggins' ultimate game is slashing to the basket, drawing fouls and and ones, and of course, dunking the hell out of people. You know, kind of like Carl Anthony Towns has been doing as well. Man, the mic's wobbling. Pardon me. Hopefully that's not making a big noise. Uh, great thoughts, though. Yep, you got to kind of keep it up. Ah, I'm so mad. Fix it, fix it, fix it. You know what? I want to fix it right now. I'm going to fix it on the Facebook page right here on the air. I can't look at that. It's so embarrassing. Ah! <laughs> 169. You idiot. I have to fix it this second so it doesn't look retarded, uh, mental, whatever the heck. I don't want to use that word and get ripped by the political correct police out there. Drives me nuts, those people, but okay, it's fixed. Uh huh. Uh, 168, fix it, fix it, fix it. Um, 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 wow, that's a lot of views. Well, it's not views, it's just comments. I posted an article from Yahoo where it was talking about how the Wolves' future is really, really bright from the Washington Post. So it was Yahoo, Washington Post to Yahoo to Timberwolves Explosion page. Do check that out. It looks like it's been read by a few people and some likes, and I never clicked like, but that one went semi viral for Timberwolves Explosion. Very cool to see. Um, nice emergence by the Wolves, a very worthy article. And then you get to this dingle hopper. Andre Miller ripped the Wolves. What an idiot. Really, man? He went to the Spurs thinking, and he spouted off saying, well, gosh, you know, I thought we were, gonna, I mean, this this team doesn't seem to have any goals. Like, we're not going to make the, you know, they don't seem to have any goals like making the playoffs and such. Andre, Andre, Andre. I, I, I thought this guy was smarter than this. I mean, no goals, huh? There's goals developing the young guys. He's pissed off that he didn't get significant playing time and with the veterans on the team to go ahead and make the playoffs. Kevin Martin's past his prime. Garnett is so past his prime, he can't even play anymore. And Kevin Garnett himself knows it. Kevin Garnett knows it. That's why he's not playing. He he could suit up and play right now, but he said, you know what, give the minutes to the other, give the minutes to like Gorgie Zhang and such. And you know what? Good, good, good thoughts, Kevin. Thank you for that. I, honest to God. Plus, I'm sure his knee hurts like hell anyway. That type of thing. Kevin Garnett's not playing and you're mad about that? Kevin Martin? I can kind of understand Kevin Martin's point of view. And I don't know why he hasn't played a single game for the Spurs. I Somebody fill me in on that one. I don't know. And then Andre Miller had that nice, cute game. And Now, Andre's jump, jump shot was unbelievable all season for the Wolves. And I think he deserved more playing time. But to talk about it, we have veterans on this team and this team should be in the playoffs. I, Andre, maybe you should have signed with the Spurs from the beginning of the season, but be happy you're there, and I hope, quite frankly, even though I hated that franchise forever, because they used to kind of torch the Wolves when they're up by 20, they're still hoisting up three. It used to bug me, but I guess that's just their offense. Same with the Northern Cal team. Sometimes maybe they don't need me to rub it in. That's just the way they're just running their offense the way they're supposed to run it, rather than have the coach chew them out for slacking off at the end of a game type of deal. You know, that type of thing. But, um, Kind of a dinglehopper comment by Andre. But yeah, I hope you get a ring with the Spurs and then you can retire it as a 40-year-old, a la Kevin Garnett. Uh, at this stage, I think he's done. Uh, Joseph Phillips out of Aussie says, there is a good German comedy if you like foreign flicks. Fak Ju Gothe. The first two parts of its name can be directed at Miller. <laughs> oh, Fak Ju, as in 
you know, yeah, the whole F you, yeah. Yeah, Andre, that was stupid, Andre, come on. But go go, go get your ring and, uh, well, get into coaching or commentary or whatever you want to do. Coach a college team, coach a professional, be an assistant on a professional team like Sam Cassell, like uh, Chauncey Chance Billups, <laughs> Chauncey Billups, guys like that. <laughs> okay, here we go. Well, I'm going to be leaving off for a while here. Da-da-da. I have no idea. Uh, we'll start with the Joe Phillips one. He says, I think I already read this, but... Joseph Phillips says, it pisses me off to watch our two best players spending so much time on the bench for two of our uh, of our not-as-developed players in Payne and Jones. Yeah, I see what you mean. I mean, that was that, was that Dallas game, wasn't it? Uh, Joseph Phillips says, must annoy the home fans as well. They are paying to see the kids that will be stars, not a couple of players that might not even be in the NBA in years to come. And I think Adrian Payne's, yeah, I think he's screwed. Jones, maybe. We'll see. Joseph Phillips says, Miller seems to have ordered the burger and fries cooked in the oil of Ole in tonight's game versus the Spurs. Oh, yeah, I did read that already. And and then right after the show, Vinny, Vince Germano, out of Melbourne, Australia. Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. <laughs> and he's also the co-host of the Courtside Podcast with Alpha Dog Hank McCoy. Yes, sir. The Sherlock Holmes and John Watson of basketball radio over there in Australia. Just fantastic. They're always on the case and they solve it every time. They know their basketball like anybody at Courtside Podcast. Absolutely fantastic. Kind enough on their page to say Timberwolves Explosion is Courtside approved. Now i got to tell you, Courtside is Timberwolves Explosion approved, without a doubt. Vince Germano also is a co-host on the Showtime and T-Wolves show, which we've got to get going again. It's been it's been in hibernation for several months. and we got to get it out there. It's a Lakers and Timberwolves show. Gives Vince a chance to have the floor to talk a lot more Lakers and me to continue talking Wolves. And we just have a fun little banter back and forth about the two clubs. Okay, to the point. Pardon me. I just, I, I had to get that out. And I'm glad to always give them a shout out. Uh, Vince, because they've always been so kind to me, you know, so ultimately. Uh, Vince saying, Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry. No, no, no. It's Northern Cal team and Northern Cal guy. Sorry. No. <laughs> and I said the names on the show. I, I, I don't know, you know. I, 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 suffice to say, I hope they won their only championship last year. That's all I got to say about Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry. And uh, I'd say get off the dance floor. And uh, yeah, I I don't know. I, I, I don't think I'm an old fuddy-duddy to think that a guy's showing up a team after hitting a shot, dancing all over the court like that on, on somebody else's court. I think that's kind of rude. I, I, I don't know. That's just me. That That was bad. I think. I think that was bad, and I'm shocked at how many people just thought that was perfectly cool. I, I don't understand you. Sorry, I don't, but uh, that's how I am, and that's it. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, he should be fined $50,000 and suspended, but I think it was kind of, I think it was kind of, I think it was kind of rude, that's all. That's just, you know, in the NFL, when uh, Terrell Owens scored a touchdown and ran out to the center of the field and raised his hands up in the air, on the Dallas Cowboys star when he was a member of the 49ers. George Teague, the safety, the strong safety of the Cowboys, came and clotheslined the SLB. So just saying, I don't think it was a respectful thing to do. Okay, let's go. Um, not saying you need to clothesline Steph Curry either, but just <laughs> it would probably kill the guy. He, he, I don't think he could handle George Teague, right? <laughs> Curry would be in a wheelchair after that. Uh, Joe Phillips says, I could easily forget that Matt Barnes exists, but there he, there he is again, winging and winging like a big souk. Yes, that was terrible, the Memphis game. We were lucky to win this game. If it wasn't for Zach going ape in the first quarter, we could have lost, and that Memphis game was crap. It was a crap. 
crap game. And uh, Matt Barnes shot 21 field goal attempts and made like seven. It was just crap basketball. But it is what it is. We won at least. <laughs> Joseph Phillips again saying, why does this game uh, against annoy me? Let me see. Says because the pups could could and should have won it. That's the Warriors. Yep, you are winning by being aggressive, as as Rubio perfectly put it in the halftime interview. Then in the last quarter, Sam slows it down. Bloody dumb clown. Yep, and I, yeah, I, I'd say stay aggressive. I mean, how did the Blazers beat the Warriors? They torched them. They torched them. Lamian Lillard went ape leap and torched them. They beat them at their game. The Spurs beat the Warriors by slowing them down, but the Spurs can slow the Warriors down. And they've beat, they're the last team to defeat the Warriors in the postseason, in the second round of the 2014 postseason. May 2014, they slowed the Warriors down and beat them in the playoffs. Six games. The Wolves cannot slow the Warriors down because we don't have the, the type of players and the veteran veteran presence and coaching and all that to do that. Anyhow, so yeah, bloody dumb clown. I agree with you on that one, big time. Uh, He says, you know the team has defensive issues, so how did you think that would work out against the best team in basketball and with the second highest points per game? The players uh, don't deserve that rubbish. No wonder Wiggins looked tuned out. Yep, he was was, yep. The team worked their backside off to be let down by Sam. You start with the bench on the court in the fourth quarter, and what did they score in the first six minutes? Against how many points did they leak? And Greg Smith. I quote more or less the commentators. In this situation, if you are Wiggins, Greg Smith is the last person you give the ball to. Yep. That play summed up the beginning of the team loss with every Wolves player that started in the fourth quarter having their deficiencies was highlighted. That's awesome. That's a gold star. Uh, very well written. Very, very strong analogy there. That was awesome. That was really good. And yeah, Greg Smith is. That was a. That was just a skull dumb play. I, I agree completely. Tanae Brown saying, "Just want to hear your thoughts on the current starting lineup, Joey. Where would you want to improve it most, or do we need better bench players before we start thinking about that? We need better bench players before we start thinking about that because Ricky Rubio is starting to hit that shot, and the team is setting him up properly to hit the shot as well. It's a combination, team and then execution by the player, in Ricky Rubio's case. Similar with uh, Zach Levine, and he's getting a nice square-looking shot. squared up his shot beautifully. Beautiful release, 40% plus from the outside. Fantastic there at shooting guard. Andrew Wiggins is a future multi-perennial all-star at small forward. Continue. Hopefully he can be more aggressive, and he's, he's been that now. He's starting to show that again. Keep doing it, Andrew. Stop stop being so chill and be aggressive, damn it. That's all i got to say about that. Obviously, he's a starter. Gorgie Zheng is a legitimate starting power forward in the league. He's not an all-star, but he's a very nice uh, almost like an Ibaka, Serge Ibaka type of role with the Wolves. I have no problem with him as a starting power forward. If you get a better power forward in the draft, so be it. But Andrew, but Gorgie Zhang deserves extensive minutes, and that's why Kevin Garnett, in a large in a large way, is riding the pine and wearing suits and cursing out the players on the bench. <laughs> that's pretty much about it. And at center, Carl Anthony Towns is right now the most valuable player on the roster. There you go. Um, I like the starting lineup, but I think we need better bench players. Uh, Muhammad is a good bench player, but he's really disappeared of late. I don't know what's going to happen with him. He may end up getting traded in the offseason. Tyus Jones is an okay backup point guard. Uh, 
But, uh, yeah, I'd rather see him as the backup point guard than Zach Levine. Zach should be starting shooting guard. And at the start of the season, Zach was not a good starting shooting guard yet, but he is becoming that now because he's got a legitimate jump shot and, of course, the athleticism and transition game and all that beautiful stuff. Transition game attacking the basket, but also setting up other guys in the transition as well. He's better at that than, like, running a kind of a pick-and-roll type offense. That's more Rubio's job right there. Great comment. Uh, Also, great question. Tanay out of New Zealand. That was really good. Here we go. Uh, Tanay says, if we could get Buddy Hyde out, uh, Buddy Hyde, that would be really nice. He's NBA ready, yep, and has that passion to prove people wrong. I've really liked everything I've seen from him, which honestly isn't a whole lot. Coverage over here isn't the greatest. Ha ha. <laughs> and that's, yep, Buddy out of Hyde, out of, out of Oklahoma, and he's got his team possibly winning an NCAA championship if they beat Villanova. And I'm cheering for Villanova to win the NCAA championship. They're by far my favorite team remaining. Syracuse, I, you know, how, how much beef do I have against that team? Johnny Flynn and Wes Johnson. You know, and I don't like, <laughs> it's no secret that I don't like Carmelo Anthony either. Uh, no defense, ball hog, kind of a punk, kind of a gangster, The way he, just the way he approaches everything out there. I'm not a fan of the guy. Uh, Flynn, no defense, and... God knows what it's really his talents were. I, I'm, I, I don't know what the hell I was thinking endorsing the move at the time. I mean, and yeah, I did. <laughs> See, I'm mad enough to admit it. Wes Johnson, what the hell? I mean, a meh, you know, total meh from the get-go. He can hit the outside shot a little bit. Yeah, but like at like nine points a game clip, he's a backup. That's it. I hate Syracuse. Oh, I dislike Syracuse there, so I'm not saying I hate everybody all the time. I dislike the Syracuse Orangemen for that reason. I don't like the the way I don't like the way the players come into the uh, transition in the NBA, and of course the head coach has uh, uh, whatever. I'm not a fan. Go, but I don't like North Carolina either. I don't like Roy Williams, and I don't like the North Carolina Tar Heels. I, I don't know. I don't like the way some a lot of their players have tra- transitioned to the NBA the last several years. Pretty much ever since Dean Smith stepped away. But even before that, not really a fan of North Carolina. Kind of tired of them. Go Villanueva. Villanova. Villanueva. <laughs> Charlie Villanueva. Oh, go Villanova or Oklahoma. It would be, I guess I'd cheer for Oklahoma if they beat Villanova. And Joe Phillips, very kindly asking me, Joey, where art thou? Is he missed me? And I, I missed you too, Joe. You know, thank you very much for the, for shouting out to me. And I was told I'm coming back very soon. And yeah, I came back very soon, didn't I? And thank you for caring. Uh, Joe Phillips saying good stuff and thanks. Hope you are enjoying the Wolves and Beast mode tonight, let alone the last one to two weeks. And yes, it's been fun. It's been a very fun uh, ride of, of late. They've been playing significantly better, and you're seeing uh, better play out of, well, the, the backcourt. That's for damn sure. The backcourt's been fantastic. But now you're seeing Wiggins uh, talk about Beast mode. Okay, so now we go to the Twitter, which is very brief here, at Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion. I already screwed it up. Uh-huh. And Tanay and Vince, thank you very much for the retweet of Fix It, Fix It, Fix It. That one I can't change from 169 to 168 without deleting the whole damn thing, and it'd be kind of silly now. So it is what it is. Tanay Brown saying Levine is becoming quite the offensive talent if his athleticism translates defensively. Wow. And yes, if his athleticism translates defensively, you got uh, possible Clay Thompson on your hands with um, uh, more aggressive on the dunking. Uh, he'd, be a, he'd be a more athletic uh, uh, Clay Thompson at that stage. That'd be insane, wouldn't it? James, uh, it's at Jimmy by Tendorp. At Jimmy by Tendorp. And then Tanae is at Tanae Wilson Bro. And Vince is at Vinrock44. 
44 at Vinrock 44. Uh, James asks me who you got winning the tournament. I had Michigan State. Oops. Yeah, they lost in the first round to Middle Tennessee. Yeah, lost to Middle Tennessee, that's all. I mean, no, not a big deal. It, it shit happens, you know. Yeah, yeah, no. It's Middle Tennessee, you know. Michigan State, Middle Middle Tennessee, whatever it happens. You know, that's college basketball for you. That's why you play the game, I guess. And James saying, same. That was unbelievable, wasn't it? Um, Yeah, we both got screwed in that one, didn't we, James? Mm-mm-mm. Diego Luis Contreras saying, the progression after four minutes played is 32-0 for the Wolves. Not bad at all. Yep, <laughs> I was whining about that. Uh, I forget what game it was now. Jazz, jazz game where the Wolves were just, mm, that was lousy. Uh, he says, well, we are we are 9-6. and six. That's the proof stats don't always show the reality. Yeah, and it was just a wild, crazy game. And thank you for that, Diego. <laughs> we had a little fun with that. That was a weird game that kind of never really... I don't know. It just wasn't a fun game. It was the sleepiest of... It was one of the worst games of the last couple of weeks, I think. It was just garbage. So, not fun stuff. But at least we had some uh, payback after that. That was nice. A little payoff. Uh, another way to get onto the show is the phone lines via Skype or whatever. Well, from your cell phone, but it's into Skype when it comes to me. Uh, 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. That goes to Dylan, obviously, in California. He is the executive producer and founder of thesportstuff.com. And, of course, there's another way to get a hold of of this show. If you're not uh, from the United States, you can also do an audio submission, which is a podcasting term. Every cell phone out there has a free audio recorder, voice recorder on it. You can record uh, audio submission up to a minute. Just record like a minute or so, commenting on the wolves, maybe calling me an idiot, whatever you want to say, as long as it's wolves related and try to stay away from the Warriors a little bit if you could, just because the coverage is too much. So (laughs) if you could, I'd appreciate it. Keep it to about a minute, but if it's really good, two minutes will be okay. Like a Tanae, you know, I could could definitely handle two minutes from Tanae or even Vince or Hank. Uh, you email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. It'll be in the show description on iTunes and Stitcher and, and Double Twist and also on the sportsstuff.com. Thank you so much for listening. Please do give this show a positive rating. And I thank the guy from Canada so much for that awesome review. And I won't forget it. Uh, thank you so much. Please, uh, out there, do give this show a nice positive rating if you could. It only helps, makes the show more attractive to other listeners to uh, keep this show above the the other weeds that have been popping up out there. So, yeah. Uh, I'd like to keep this show as the... Well, it's the most veteran Timberwolves... It's the most veteran Timberwolves show, and I think... I personally think it's the best Wolves show. I think so. I mean, if you don't think so, that's up to you. But if you do think so, please help me out and give a nice positive review on iTunes or Stitcher. It would be greatly appreciated. We'll be back to talk Wolves hopefully in a week. I don't see why not, but hopefully we'll see. And if not, it'll be a little, maybe two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is. So, but hopefully one week, that'd be nice. Until then, all of you do take care. Go Wolves and stay healthy.